What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode 143 of the Bandhive Podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive Podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Bandhive Podcast. My name is James Cross, and I help independent artists tour smart. This week on the show, I'm going to talk about merchandise and how you can choose the right items to sell at your merch table and how you make sure that you don't take a massive loss on those items because obviously it does cost some money, a lot of money, to get merchandise printed. This episode was inspired because I've lost count of how many artists ask me what merch they sell at their shows. And while there's no wrong answer, there's a lot of merch that works for different bands. If you have the right demographic, so it all depends on your demographic, there are two right answers. The first one being t-shirts, specifically black t-shirts. It is the most popular item out there. And the second one being anything else that sells. Be creative. You can sell whatever merch you want. And as long as people are buying it, that is the merch you should be selling. And like I said, there's no one size fits all answer here because every band has a different demographic. So aside from this being the biggest cop out of an answer, it's true. I've seen artists sell anything from baby onesies to underwear and toys. I'm looking at you, Rammstein. You guys do some different stuff. But how do you know what your fans want? It really comes down to trial and error. You can ask your fans until you're blue in the face what they want, or they might even ask you to make XYZ items. But what people say they want and what they actually end up buying doesn't always overlap. So just printing merch and hoping it sells is a bad idea. You want to have proof of concept first, which means what you should do is set up a pre-sale campaign for any type of item that you haven't released before. So, you know, if you've released, you know, let's say shot glasses before, You don't need to do pre-sales again. You can if you want to, but you don't need to if you're doing a new batch of shot glasses. But if you're going to sell pens and you've never sold pens before, you might want to do some kind of pre-sale on that, which pens are a silly item to pre-sale because it's so cheap. You might as well just throw that in with a bundle or something if it's not selling. But anyway, you take those pre-sale orders and if you don't hit a certain minimum, which is close to your break-even point, then you refund all the orders. You just need to communicate in advance that there is a minimum order that needs to be reached in order for this merch to sell. So that way people aren't disappointed or at least not surprised if they get a refund instead of the item that they were trying to buy. But you need to make this very clear too because people might just see pre-sale and worry about not getting the item or they might see goal and worry what happens to my money. So you want to be very clear that, hey, if we don't hit this goal, you are going to get your money back. Now, obviously you want this goal to be within reach. If you only have 100 fans, you can't expect to make 50 pre-sales. 10 might be a more realistic number, and even that might be a stretch depending on how dedicated those 100 fans are. And when I say 100 fans, I'm not talking about your family. Your family will buy anything. 
We're talking about real fans here. But I digress. Back to the shirts. Why black t-shirts? Well, according to At Venue, which is a popular merch selling app, the best selling merch items at shows is the t-shirt. And the most popular color by a vast margin is the black t-shirt. I don't have the report in front of me right now, but for 2019, which is the last year we have full data for, it was something like 57% of all shirts were black t-shirts. And of all sales at the merch table, 60 something percent included a t-shirt. So basically you're looking at over half of all the t-shirts, which amounted to more than half of all sales were black. That's insane. Always have a black shirt. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have white shirts or any other color t-shirts, but you need to have at least one shirt that's on black fabric. While I'm talking about this, don't go for the cheap, thick, heavy cotton shirts. No one likes those anymore. It's all about the nice, light, thin, soft, and comfortable Bella Canvas style shirts. I used to hate on Gildan, which I still hate the default Gildan shirts, but now Gildan has put out a competitor to Bella Canvas. It's one of those nice, soft shirts. So maybe look into that. If the provider you're working with only has Gildan, ask them, hey, can you get the nice, soft ones? And be sure to feel the shirt. Like, look at it. Feel it in person before you order it to make sure it is the shirt you're looking for. Because if they say, yeah, this is nice and soft and it ends up being one of those Hanes beefy tees or something or a Gildan, whatever their equivalent is of the Hanes beefy tee, that's not what you want. Moving on now, as far as items that are not shirts, here's some of my favorite items that I've seen artists sell. And I'm going to ignore CDs, vinyl, all that kind of stuff, as those are a given. If you have those, sell them. Anyway, hoodies. I prefer zip up over pullover, but hoodies are a great seller, especially if you are touring through the northern areas of the country where it's a little chillier because people love wearing hoodies and they want to show off their favorite bands. I was talking to Pickwick Commons a few years ago. We interviewed them back before this was a podcast when this was still just a video series. And they said that coming through Vermont, even though it was April, they sold more hoodies than anything else here in Vermont because it was a chilly April night and people wanted hoodies. Sick. Good for them. And speaking of Pickwick Commons, we did have Adam from Pickwick Commons back on the show just about a year ago on episode number 85, the return of live shows in touring with Adam Loki of Pickwick Commons. So if you want to check that out, head on over to bandhive.rocks slash 85. That's the numbers eight five. And you can hear that interview with Adam. Next up, ponchos. If you're on the festival circuit, take some ponchos. They're cheap to make. You can put your logo on them. And if it rains, people are going to be looking for ponchos. And you can say, hey, ponchos, $5, $10, whatever price, come get them. You will probably sell out unless you have way more than you need. Because at that point, people don't care what's printed on them. They just want something that will help them stay dry. If you're one of the only bands out there with ponchos, guess what? A ton of people are going to be wearing your merch and people are going to think, hey, who's that band? Maybe I should check them out. So have ponchos if you're on a festival circuit, whether you're doing just a weekend of festivals or you're doing a whole summer full. It's smart to have ponchos. You don't need a lot, but like I said, they're pretty cheap to make, so it's worth it. Next up, shot glasses. A lot of people collect shot glasses and they also make good souvenirs. So this is one of those cool little items that doesn't take up a lot of space and it can be kind of a premium item. You can sell it for, you know, $10, $12, $15, somewhere in that range. And it's going to be cool. It's a little classier, but it's a good thing to sell. After that, we have hats. Personally, I would say go premium and get fitted hats if you have enough demand for hats. If not, you can do a classic snapback or Velcro back or something like that. 
Next up, stickers. You want good quality stickers, not some cheap stuff. Get the best stickers you can. Personally, I'm a big fan of Sticker Mule. Their link will be in the show notes at bandhive.rocks slash 143. That's the number 143. And they make really good stickers and they have good deals too. You can get stickers like 50 for $9 frequently. But no matter what, you should have stickers. This is one of the items that I would consider non-negotiable. Always have stickers. And you can even do stuff like exclusive stickers. Hey, sign up for your mailing list and you get this sticker for free. And that's the only way to get this. Or join our fan club and you get this sticker. It's exclusive to the fan club. Now, obviously, you also want some stickers at the table. I've seen bands who sell really tiny, like one-inch circle stickers, and they'll have a three-pack for $5. Don't do that. Have nice big stickers like this that you can sell. This is a three-by-three sticker from Sticker Mule, and they have good quality. It's a nice thick sticker, but it's not too thick, and they do hold up. I have some on stuff that I've stuck them on, and they last for quite some time. In fact, I haven't seen them peel off yet. You can sell them. You can give them away for free. I personally would do both. Have like a free sticker that you can give out to people, as I mentioned, for signing up for your mailing list. And then if they want more, have three nice stickers, big stickers that they can buy in a sticker pack. Another common item is pins. Pins are something that some bands do well, some don't. It really depends on your demographic. They're more popular in the punk scene. Pins are not a bad way to go if you're looking for an inexpensive merch item that you can put a good markup on. Speaking of punks, patches are super popular with punks and they're also inexpensive to make. So if you are in a punk genre or something in that direction, don't be afraid to make some patches and have those at your merch table. USB sticks, another great item. And here's the kicker. You can put all of your music on it and that way you can sell it for more than you would a normal USB stick. A USB stick, people can get like 16 gigs for $5, $10 now. USB sticks are cheap. They weren't always, but now they are cheap. But if you put three albums worth of music on it, now you can say, hey, look, $20 gets you three albums and a USB stick. That is a good selling point. You're differentiating yourself. You're not saying, here's a CD, here's a download card. You're saying, here's a USB stick. You can plug it into your computer. You don't have to go to some website, put in a code. It's a hassle. You just plug this into your computer. You have our music. Plus, you have a USB stick that you can use in the future and put whatever you want on there. That's great. Why not do that? Like, come on. That's just a no-brainer, if you ask me. After that, I've seen some bands do booty shorts. If your audience is right, why not? If they're going to buy it, try it. Water bottles are a great merch item as well, especially if it's a nice quality metal thermos style. You can also do upcycled cymbals, drumsticks, strings, all kinds of different items. Cymbals, you can sell them as is, just put a signature on them, or you can have someone cut them up and turn them into jewelry. Just make sure that there aren't any sharp edges. You don't want people getting hurt on your stuff. So if they have a necklace or something, make sure the edges are sanded and rounded nicely so they're not going to get cut. You can also sell used drumsticks, and it's a great item because they're inexpensive, but offer a unique souvenir. So you just have your drummer at the end of the show say, hey, any sticks you're not using for the next show? Cool, can you sign these and we'll take them to the merch booth? Done. You can also have strings turned into bracelets or other jewelry. And again, you know, you want to make sure there's no sharp edges on it, but it does make for a cool souvenir. So if you know someone who's crafty, have them do this with your strings or your symbols, or even use the strings as the chain for a symbol necklace. What? That is upcycling right there. And especially with the price of symbols, it would be nice to get some of that money back. Getting to the end here, fan club membership cards and packages. What a great idea. 
researching this episode, I was looking at a couple different merch stores, AFI, Pierce the Veil, and Enter Shikari. And while I was looking through the Enter Shikari merch store, they got me. I ended up buying into their fan club. And that just goes to show, it's a good idea to have some kind of package. You never know who's going to buy it. Because I'll be honest, like I love Enter Shikari, but I'm not one of their biggest fans. They have hundreds of fans that are bigger. But I saw the value that their fan club offers with both the merch package, plus it was on sale, and exclusives like discounts on the store, meet and greets, entry into soundcheck, all that kind of stuff. And I'm seeing them next month, like three weeks after this episode comes out. So if they end up doing some kind of soundcheck exclusive, I want to be there. So I dropped the $25 to join. Why not? Plus, you can have all kinds of cool stuff in your merch packages for your fan club. So you can include a lot of these items, especially if something ends up not selling well. You can just kind of put that in the fan club membership package as a free bonus. Anyway, moving on from that, keychains are another cool item that I've seen some artists have success with. You could do fidget spinners because who doesn't like a fidget spinner and tons more items. This is just a list of ideas of what I've seen that works well to help you get thinking about what you could sell. I've also seen artists do books, postcards, signed photos, whatever it is. There's tons of stuff you can do out there. Be creative and test everything. See if people will buy these items. That all said, One thing you need to keep in mind is you don't want to make every single merch item you can make. So don't go out and say, hey, we need everything on this list before we sell merch. No, that's not what I'm saying. These are just ideas. You want to focus on a few core products. The statistics show that even if an artist has five or more t-shirt designs, only one or two of them are going to be the best sellers. So instead of printing five different designs, get five or more designs and then pick the best two to three designs to print and sell those. On a similar note, instead of making hats, stickers, pins, USB sticks, water bottles, and every other item under the sun, pick two to three items that are kind of low-hanging fruit like stickers and pins, and then one to two premium items like bottles and shot glasses or sunglasses you could do too. I've seen bands do sunglasses. This way, you don't overwhelm your fans. You just have a core merch offering. Two to three shirts, two to three low dollar items and one to two premium items that people can choose from or you can bundle them into a package. Same thing if you decide to have a fan club, have a welcome package because these don't necessarily have to be exclusive items. You can do exclusives if you want to, but you can also just say, hey, if you buy this merch, which contains one of each item we sell, you get a slight discount and it includes a membership to our fan club, which comes with X, Y, and Z perks. So why not do that? It's a no-brainer. First of all, you'll likely sell a little more merch because people want that fan club, even if maybe they didn't want the shot glass in the bottle, but they'll join the fan club to get that, and then they get the shot glass in the bottle anyway, so you're moving more inventory, you're selling more merch, that's a good thing, and you have people in your fan club, so as part of that, they're going to be on an exclusive email list, they'll have some kind of perks, what those perks are is totally up to you, but it is a good way to keep people involved with your band. Now overall, my point here is don't go too big too soon. Pace yourself when it comes to merch, but do be sure that you have at least one t-shirt design, and obviously, if you only have one shirt, it better be on black fabric, and also some stickers at every single show you play, ever, because you're missing out on a ton of revenue, so go out there, get some merch made, and sell that merch. that does it for this episode of the Band Hive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode inspired you that if you don't already have merch, 
go make some merch. You need to have this at every single show you're playing. I don't care if you're playing basements or the farmer's market or wherever it is you're playing. You need to have merch. It is not an option. I know it costs money to get set up with merch, but guess what? It's an income stream. If you don't have it, you're not making money. You need to spend money to make money. So whatever you're doing, get your money together. You can get a run of t-shirts for like $300. Just do it. Put yourself out there. Invest in your band. If you want to make this a career, you have to learn that you need to invest in yourself. Find a place to print merch and make some shirts. Then take those shirts to your shows and sell them. If you want to put together an online merch store, amazing, even better. Do that, please. But the main thing is have merch at your shows. Now I want to hear from you. What's the most creative merch item that you've seen or that you have sold yourself? Let us know in the Bandhive community, which you can find on Facebook by going to bandhive.rocks slash group or searching for Bandhive on Facebook. Again, that's bandhive.rocks, R-O-C-K-S slash group or by searching Bandhive on Facebook. We'll be back with another brand new episode next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.